Hello everyone, thanks for joining in. My name is Sean Lawson, Client Solutions Officer at Executive Wealth Management. As always, I'm joined by our Chief Investment Officer, Nathan Larson. Interesting times we continue to see in, in the market, Nathan. We saw September that had the bond market down about 4%, the S&P down 9%. October, we had a nice little turnaround with the S&P up 8%. And while bonds fell, uh, it was modest and reversed course promptly in early November. I mean, some of the key drivers that we discussed for the moves in October were, one, the markets being massively oversold. And we started to see some shifting in comments from the Fed in their last meeting. And then we had earnings season, which we'll, we'll dive into a little bit. But for you and your team, as you're looking at the markets and are they oversold, where are we at in the markets and the shifting Fed comments, which seems to be driving investor behavior, and what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that, that you didn't touch on there that is also plays into where we are in the markets and, and especially October is there's a lot of seasonality that goes into the markets. So when you come into to September and you fall in September quite a bit, you're often going to see a rebound in, in October. And September is often the worst month of the year. And October, often you see a big reversal in that. And so there's, there's just seasonality that plays into it. And yes, we were massively oversold. We came into the, we came into October down, what was it about 25% in the S&P 500. That's a big move. And, you know, sentiment was so bad that anything that was positive started to move the markets up. And we just saw some positive things from Fed officials being less hawkish, not a dovish pivot, but less hawkish in some of their comments in October. And then just, you know, the time of the year, it was time, it was time for a, a rally to happen. Excellent note. The seasonality, as we look through that in the markets, I read an article 57% of the time we have a, a, an up market in October. So and coming off of the, the midterm elections, we'll, we'll see what, what that does for the markets with that uh, most of that uncertainty removed. But you talked a little bit about earnings and where companies and the expectations from the market on companies are shifting that, that really indicates where we are in the state of the economy and what we're hanging on to as investors as reasons to consider buying equities or moving into safe investments like the bond market. So shifting from October to, to early November, we had our first inflation print, which we've come to, to hang and look forward to eagerly every month. And that created a nice tailwind for the market. Talk to me about that report when it came out and the response in the market. So the report came out and it was year over year inflation, headline inflation of 7.7%. And the expectations were for year over year inflation of 8%. And you know what happened was the market went up 5.5% on the S&P 500 in one day there was just a lot of relief around a non-negative CPI print. And so that's one of those things when sentiment was still overhung pretty pretty poor, you see small signs of, of any kind of progress on inflation as being great for the market. The, the market is looking for the Fed put. It doesn't know where that Fed put is, but it, it sure is looking for it and it's looking hard. And 
You saw some of the more dovish Fed governors come out and say that, yeah, we may need to pause or slow down our, our rate hikes uh, in October and, and some in November. And that caused some, some market movement. And then the CPI print said, well, we're on the right track. Well, we don't know if we're on the right track. We don't know, you know, the Fed looks at, at PCE numbers, the, the consumption index. And we're going to see that come out the, the first day of, of December. But core CPI and core PCE are, are pretty correlated on a year-over-year basis. And so the market is betting that, that personal consumption expenditures, which take into account, it's not just inflation on, on individual products, but it's about how, how the market is, is actually paying for things where there's substitutions and where there's not. And so you see, uh, we'll see if the PCE numbers are, are lower. Interestingly enough, today, the retail numbers came in and they came in a little hotter than everybody expected and the market goes down based on that. You know, if inflation is truly gonna be tamed, it's probably gonna be tamed by some of, by um, retail spending not exceeding what what analysts are saying rather than, than exceeding it like it did this morning. So on what is good news for the economy in terms of we actually see retail numbers above where we want them to be, turns out to be bad news for for the, um, you know, for the stock market today. So sometimes not bad news is, is good news, um, is really to summarize the last six weeks in the market. We had some okay earnings, but they weren't bad, which was, was great news. And the Fed shifting their language about slowing the potential for, for rising rates is good news. And then Seeing a tick in inflation that, that's lower leaves us with some optimism that, that we might see you know, some calming here. One of the things that we've seen change quite a bit this year were interest rates. We started the year at very, very low rates. And we've had low rates going back almost 15 years now. Um, we saw a sharp rise in rates this year. For, so for those in fixed income, you're, you've got sticker shock for the price of your investments, because as the rates go up, price goes down. We've seen a bit of a shift over the last month, especially in the in the intermediate part of the curve. Short Shorter yields tend to follow what the Fed can control, and, and those are heavily influenced by the Fed. After we get out past a, a year or two in in maturity, we've seen a shift there. I mean, what, do you, what, do you, what are you and your team seeing? Yeah, so... The easiest way to, to look at it is, you know, the curve is inverted. And so the, the short duration uh, paper is now yielding higher than a 10-year bond would be yielding. So over the past, you know, uh, since the peak of 10-year rates, we saw them go from 4.23% down to about 3.67% yesterday. And that may not sound like a lot, but that's quite a bit of a, a big move in a short amount of time. It, it happened in less than a month here. And so we've seen a lot of money flow into that intermediate portion of the curve. And a, a lot of that is, is money that says, well, maybe rates have peaked. This is part of that whole, uh, maybe the Fed is going to stop raising rates. So maybe we will go out longer on the curve now because as rates move, when you're farther out on the curve in the, in the intermediate term space, smaller rate moves mean bigger, bigger moves in prices uh, because of the duration effect. And so we're seeing some people going out and seeking safety. We've seen a lot of our clients, um, you know, be able to, to shift some of their money 
and actually earn income and earn yield where they weren't able to previously. You know, coming out of the financial crisis with yields so low, a lot of people had to go out and reach for performance and reach for yield in places where they weren't comfortable in in stocks and high yields and in some private private debt and in riskier spaces than they were willing to. And when yields on treasuries, you know, when yields on 10-year treasuries get up above 4% again, that's what, you know, long-term investors like to see and we've seen them go out and take advantage of that and keep the keep the intermediate term space from rising too much. Now, where that goes from here, we're not sure, but we know that a lot of people have, have piled into that intermediate term space at the curve, pushing yields back down once they got up above four and a, four and a quarter. Now, that's a great point. You look in having traded bonds in the past myself, people have reached for dividend paying stocks, closed end funds, preferred stocks, annuities, every non-traditional thing that going back through the 80s and 90s, you could buy a bond ladder, you could look at corporate debt, municipal bonds, and look, and, and there was yield there. But for the last decade or so, it's been tough. Even in the municipal space where you, you look in the tax-free rate, where we look and say, what is the tax equivalent yield? A lot of times it just, if you're getting 2%, but you can get 2% on a dividend, most people have gravitated towards the stocks and the opportunity that we have in the market right here is still, even though we've, we've seen rates come back a little bit on the 5, 10, 15 year space, there's still a good opportunity there, even in the, in the municipal space, when you, you look at tax equivalent yields. Is your team seeing that? Yeah, we're, we're seeing tax equivalent yields back up above 4%. Uh, we haven't seen that for a long time. And you know, contrary to to what the what the um, what the government yield curve has done, and that is you know that is kinked and and um, it's inverted. In the municipal space, the curve is is upward sloping through the entirety of the curve, and so you're seeing attractive paper come out, um, you know, up in the, up in the intermediate space, and those tax equivalent yields again that we haven't seen in a long time. And it makes for an attractive, you know, tax-free income stream that you can finally get uh, that you couldn't get before. Now, excellent. I know in, in our team at Executive Wealth Management, our core portfolios, we're still defensive. We're, we're still uh, really holding things close to our vest. We, we do look and, and manage our fixed income portfolios and, and take advantage of opportunities there as well. We talked about seasonality earlier. As we shift in seasons here, uh, we've got Thanksgiving next week, and then we'll be closely watching those retail numbers you talked about through the holiday season. As you and your team are, are looking towards the rest of the year and looking at the portfolios of assets that we manage for our clients, what are some of the things that you're on the lookout for? You know, we're, we're on the lookout and the number one thing that we're on the lookout for is where is inflation going? Because that, that tells us all, everything about where yields are going to go in the future. And so retail spending is going to play into that. Uh, inventory levels are going to play into that. We're going to really get some information coming in here on, on the retail, uh, on, on what the retail consumer is doing. And we got that this morning and it said that, that the retail, the U.S. retail consumer is complaining a lot about inflation, but it's going out there and spending just as much as, as ever, uh, and 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 some spending is even up. So, you know, until we until we see those those numbers level off a little bit more, we're going to we're going to see 
you know, we'll see where we go from here. I won't make any predictions, but we kind of want to see uh, retail spending not rocket through the, you know, rocket to the top again. No, absolutely. You look and we'll, a couple of things you, we typically are looking at is what kind of energy prices do we have through a cold winter? Uh, what do retail numbers look like? And as you said, uh, prices are certainly up, but behavior hasn't changed. Therefore, even though earnings have been revised lower, companies continue to to meet or beat lower and adjusted rates. And despite the Fed's best efforts, we're moving slowly. But do we have a big shift or do we see a change in investor behavior that really would impact the markets and, and cause the slowing of both inflation and the Fed? Yeah, and you've touched a couple of times on earnings. And we've seen a, an okay earnings season. You know, a lot of companies are beating their, their estimates. And that's good. We like to see that. But, you know, you have to remember that the estimates are down roughly 10 The estimates of earnings are down roughly 10% on aggregate from about four months ago. So beating, beating those earnings estimates is fine. But those earnings estimates have been, you know, severely handicapped for them to be able to beat them. Wow. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you joining me again this month. For everyone listening, if, if you're looking and considering investing, if you are in the fixed income space and you're looking for income, now's a great time to have a conversation. We look forward to talking to you. If you are in cash and you're looking at opportunities, it might be a good opportunity to explore dollar cost averaging. Everything starts with a plan. And for us, we're big on goals-based wealth management. We'd love to have a conversation with you, talk specifically about what you need your money to do for you and what opportunities the market might provide. Look at us on our website, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we'd love to have a conversation. Thanks a lot, Nathan, and we'll talk to you next month. Contact Executive Wealth Management at ewmadvisors.com.